Welcome to The Authentic Girls Club. We are Charlotte and Kat and we have spent the last few years lifting the lid on our lives. We decided to stop waiting for things to change and instead be that change with all of our hearts. In that decision, we have got to see all that is so possible when we step out of our own way. And we are so excited to help you do the same. We get one life, right? So let's choose to live it authentically, aligned, and to its fullest. We are here to empower, to inspire, and to encourage you to simply take your next step today and to be so proud of yourself along the way. In this podcast, we will be sharing our real and raw moments with you and all that we have done to create the lives we love now. So let's jump straight in. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am good. I'm good, thank you. Excellent. And we have another guest on the show today, which I am so excited to introduce who we have here because I had the absolute pleasure and privilege of watching our guest TEDx talk at Wolverhampton Women, which was such an inspirational day and with some female speakers. And our guest talk was around resilience and I was scribbling so many notes. <laughs> I had to hold back the tears as well, if I'm honest. It really, it, the talk really, really hit me um, in a really profound and powerful way. And I knew in that moment, I was like, we have to have this lady on the podcast. We really do. So I have so much pleasure to introduce. We have Dr. Linda Ince Greenaway on the show today. And Linda is a leadership coach author and TEDx speaker so welcome to the show Linda it's so great to have you here yeah. thank oh. you it's nice to hear it's nice to be here and to meet you again yeah Charlotte as well lovely smile you know? Amazing. It's, beautiful. it's nice to have met you thank you for inviting me oh, oh. you're so welcome and thank you for being here yeah. so Linda's book is called Hard Truth, Growing Out of Adversity, and it tells her remarkable story of her journey towards healing and resilience. The book you can get on Amazon, guys. And what we're going to do today is going to deep dive into a little bit of Linda's story and Linda's journey um, and talk around the topics of resilience today. So as always, when we have a guest on the show, we love to kick off um, with handing handing the mic back over to Linda to tell us a little bit about you, Linda, your story, your journey to resilience, your personal growth. Um, and then we'll take it from there. So over to you. Ah, thank you so much, Kat. Um, it, as I say, it's a, a real pleasure to talk to you and to talk about my experiences um, and how I grew out of adversity because you know that you cannot become resilient unless you go through adversity. And that's a very hard process. It is very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I would say that my journey began um, when I was actually 14 years old and my father um, died he died over a weekend he had pancreatic cancer and mm -hmm. we didn't know that and he came home and he was in terrible pain and you know by the Sunday the Monday morning he he was gone mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And my mother, um, who was a really resilient person, just looked up to heaven and she said, God, please help me with these children because she had seven children, you know, look after. Um, At the time, she had two daughters who um, was living here in the United Kingdom. And she decided to come here um, without, you know, just rooting up, uh, without having ever traveled anywhere. And she came here to make a new life for us. Um, my uh, journey in terms of my education was a difficult one in terms of transitioning and leaving Barbados, a warm country. You can see the photograph at the back, and it's very always wonderful. <laughs> but, um, you know, leaving there and coming here to a cold country, having to acclimatize, having to transition was very, very difficult because in those days, you know, people have a lot of, had a lot of concepts and images of black people and I didn't have a very pleasant experience. Mm. Um, but I, I fought against it and um, I, I was married when I was 19 years old. I was raised 19 years old and that was how I found my way out of the distress, a lot of the distress that I was facing at that time um, however, my husband wanted to become a policeman and he, it was something he always wanted to do and I encouraged him to do it. So he passed out of um, uh, of uh, police school and um, we were only married for, I, I suppose, about nine months. And then he was placed on duty. He went out in a police car and the very, very first night he did that, he collided with another police car and he was the only one that was killed in that accident and so when the police came to my door the shadow at the door was menacing Mm -hmm. when I arrived at the hospital and heard he had died I felt that my whole world had crumbled it had crushed it there was nothing left because he was the one that at that time that told me that I could achieve that I could be something and I was making something out of nothing And so, you know, to lose him was horrendous. It really was horrendous. Um, I had to pick up the pieces. I had to go back home to my mother. And at that time, I felt like very broken. And I was expecting my first baby or my only baby. Mm -hmm. And I gave birth to him nine days after my husband died. So that was very, very traumatic. Mm -hmm. It was like a double tragedy. Um, so which would I choose? Would I choose to go with my husband, die, which I wanted to do, or would I choose now this life, this gift that was given to me? And I chose the latter. I chose to become a, a single parent, and I did that. I did it with a lot of fortitude and a lot of courage, and I think that that was where <clears throat> I started to learn how to become resilient mm. because Um, as I was going through that experience of bereavement and grief and death, I didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't know how I would manage that situation. Mm -hmm. And so so that that was very difficult to go back home, you know, and and to start life over again. But I, I would say that the first thing I started to do in terms of becoming resilient, as I told the group in the TEDx talk, was to cultivate the spirit of audacity. Mm. 
And that spirit of audacity was to fight back. It was to develop a spirit of courage, you know, even though at times I felt that I was crumbling and I couldn't stand up. Um, I had to do it. In fact, my mom was very supportive. She had always been supportive and she basically helped me. Whilst I was living with her for the first two years of my son's life to look after him because I couldn't do it. Mm. Whilst he was growing up and during those years, I was actually fighting for compensation for the death of my husband because I had been refused compensation. It was said that he went through red lights and it was his fault, but it wasn't his fault because he was in the line of duty. Mm. And how could they say that? Mm. So I was I was determined. I was mm. I, I think I always had from a child, I always had this kind of determined spirit. Mm. And so that spirit of audacity came through when I had to fight for compensation, when I had to fight for my rights. And I stood up and I fought um, a huge organization at the age of 20 years old. Wow. Eventually I saw this, you know, so I was reading a law book and I saw my story in that law book and I had made history mm. because um, there were many others, you know, widows, um, widowers in the police force who fought for compensation and never won but I did. Wow. And that gave me the courage to stand up and to fight for myself. So that spirit of audacity was really important uh, in fighting for my rights, fighting for myself. Mm. The, the other strategy I used and that I talked about was stepping up to the plate. And, you know, stepping up to the plate is really difficult because what you see, what I, what I saw was a lot of discouragement, low self-esteem. I saw, you know, the inability to do things. And I was carrying a load from my past, you know, mm -hmm. things that I hadn't really dealt with and I hadn't really understood. And so I started to step up to the plate and then stepping up to the plate. One of the things I did was to start to study, you know, because that was a personal thing that I could do. And I, I went back to college, I started to study, and I began to realize that as I was studying, that I was now moving in a new direction. I was carving a new path for myself and for my son as well. Um, and one of the things I didn't say at the TED Talk is that I had noticed my husband had left a little keyboard behind and Mike would go to the keyboard and he would start to play. And I realized that he had a gift for music. Now that changed my whole world because I took him to a music school and immediately I took him there. The teacher said, he's got a gift. He's a gifted child. Wow. I was so glad that I didn't jump out of the window that I wanted yeah. to jump out of, you know. And he that brought a new sense, a new dimension to our lives because we were moving around, we were um, going to concerts, um, we were doing things that were positive. And mm. these positive activities, simply by stepping up to the plate, changed my perspective on life. Yeah. So I was rebuilding my life. I, I was really rebuilding, you know, all of those negative experiences through studying, but also by wanting something that was different and wanting a, a new life. So that restructuring process became the foundation on which I began to build a new life, a life not just for me, but for my son. Mm. The third thing I did that I talked about was 
reclaiming and reframing. Reclaiming my faith um, was important to me because I had grown up in a Christian family and mm -hmm. my mom had shown me a lot of values that were important. So I reclaimed those and I thought that those were important values on which to build my life. Mm -hmm. um, I also kind of chose to be different, you know, so being different meant that, you know, I didn't kind of believe the messages, the negative messages that I got, or even my own negative thought processes. So I moved beyond that to negativity and then I did to, to positivity. And when I did that, I started to move in a new direction. And it was like, Linda, you can do anything. You, you can bring down monkeys if you like. You know, you can fight giants. You know, you can do anything you want to do. And that was so empowering uh, for mm. me. It was very, very empowering to then believe in myself. So self-efficacy mm. was important. And I think it's one of the major planks on which we build resilience, learning how to believe in yourself, learning how to cultivate that spirit of audacity and that spirit of I can. It's the I can attitude. So now I was I was working towards all of this and, and moving in that new direction. And then finally, um, you know, I, you know, chose to remain single. You know, yeah. I didn't feel that I needed a partner because I, I was doing it for myself. So I remained single for 47 years and did not get married until five years ago when I oh, met my you. husband. Wow. And that was a beautiful day. And it ended, I don't know if I would say that it ended, you know, sort of the story, but it was a new chapter. Yeah. Um, it was a new chapter and my husband's become very kind of important in helping me. You know, that like some men can be old, you can't do that or I won't support you mm. to do that. Oh, he did. He really, he's really supported me um, when I was writing the book through the COVID time. Um, mm. That was a time of a lot of tears, a lot of heartache. I mm. couldn't write it without going back to those memories. Mm -hmm. You know, they just haunted me all the time, but he was very supportive. So that was mm. a good aspect. Wow. And in a way, the story ended in the book. The story ends with a, on a positive note, you know. Um, yeah. I know that when my son read it, it's the one thing I have to say, when my son, because I had shielded him from so much, mm, but yeah. when he read the book, he said, Mom, I cried and I cried and I cried. I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, yeah, he said, I didn't yeah. know he'd been through so much because I shielded him from it. Mm, wow. Well. Yeah. What a remarkable story, Linda, you know, yeah. to, at such a young age to experience such a traumatic thing, losing your husband. And then stepping into motherhood days later, yeah. at 19 years old, yes. on, on your own, having to also navigate through the loss, you yes. know, parenting alone, you know, at a slightly older age and with yes. somebody by your side to do it is still yes. really, really challenging. Absolutely. So Absolutely. to have come through and like you say, and, and you, you know, you express in your book, Growing Out of Adversity, it really, really is remarkable. And just listening to you share your journey and those three things that you've identified in building resilience, what I'm really hearing in, in all of this is that how much you've harnessed that power of choice in each moment. And that's what 
Charlotte and I, we talk about this a lot um, in the work that we do, because it's something that we can always reclaim for ourselves, isn't it? A choice in that moment. And sometimes mm. it's incredibly hard to mm. choose a better way. But mm. what I hear is the choice. What I hear is the doing something different. Yes. I hear um, new perspectives. But all of that underpins is underpinned by a choice, isn't it? A choice to see it this way or that way. Yeah. A choice to do it the same way or do it a different way. And yeah. it's just so empowering to know that life doesn't always isn't always a bed of roses, is it? It's not always wonderful. <laughs> I think yeah. we we know this, don't we? Yeah. This is the reality. There's ups, downs, ins, outs, back to fronts, there's everything, isn't there? And yeah. sometimes it's really, really tough. And knowing that we have to feel what we need to feel in those moments, but that there is another way and that there is always a way through. I just think it, it gives so much hope and so much empowerment to ourselves um, that we do have that choice. Mm. And uh, Yeah, I just really thank you for, for, for sharing that um, mm. because I know our listeners will really get a lot from from what it is that you've been through and how you've navigated through it and what you've built since as well. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think when you say about choice, I had the choice to live or die. I did. Yeah. I had that choice in my hand. But and even though I was young and I didn't know the difference between the choice, I made the right choice. I mm. made the choice for life. And I think that very often when people are going through things like depression, when they are facing trials, hardship, they think, I don't want to live anymore because mm. this is so tough. This is so hard. But I think when we choose life, we have another opportunity, another door open. And I think that a lot of doors opened for me as a result of making that choice. Yeah. You know, so I think the comment you make about choices is is an important one. Yeah. You also mentioned about um, sort of you built something on a foundation of, um, if you remind me what you said, um, Mm -hmm. on a foundation. Faith. Yeah, and faith, yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that became a really strong foundation because if I didn't believe, if I didn't have the faith, I doubt whether I would be talking to you today. I really do, you know. So I think having that, people have different beliefs and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think it's important to have something to hold on to and to give you direction. Uh, I think all the time that was what was the guiding light as well as the strong foundation and the broad base of support Mm. I got from my family. That was another thing I would say that if I didn't have my mum there, who was a resilient person, and I had seen and emulated some of the things she had taught me earlier in my life, Mm. I don't think I would have done it. So Mm -hmm. having that support around me um, was important. And although sometimes there were things that my family couldn't help me with, they couldn't help me with the sleepless nights. They couldn't help me with the loss. They couldn't help me with the anxiety. But they were there for me so that when I wanted to talk, if I wanted to talk, mm-hmm. very often mm-hmm. we would be sitting at the dining room table and my mum would always bring Mike into the conversation and I would walk away. Mm. I wouldn't talk, you know. So I think that, he, but she was always there. Yeah. And I could call on her if I needed her support. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think, yeah, very often people don't have the right type of support because yeah. it wasn't the type of support that we have today. You know, you can go to social services or the therapist. I had none of that. Mm. None of it. 
So it was hard. So it's really important who we surround ourselves with, isn't it? And and the support networks that we can create for ourselves, the communities that we're part of, yes. um, especially in more challenging times, because I know personally having experienced some, some not very pleasant days, there is that tendency to just want to pull away from the world, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And, and retract back and hide away. And yeah. I suppose it's making ourselves in those moments, again, going back to choice, choosing to maybe reach out or speak yeah. to somebody somebody that we can you know confide in um yeah. and just building those networks around us so that we don't have to go through the challenges yeah. alone alone yeah 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 we don't have to i think it's in those times it's quite hard to like you know when you need to reach out but you don't know what what it is that you want to say yeah. <laughs> like i know i've been through that well you know you kind of you want to reach out and talk to them, but you don't actually have the words to explain how you're feeling. And sometimes it is just, like you say, that support, knowing that it's there for when you can, or just to kind of almost, I suppose we need that nudge of courage to be able to just start getting some words out so that they start to flow. Yes. And as well, I would add to that, it's sometimes a feeling that people won't understand. So you stop talking as well. And you yeah. push it inside and when you push it inside then that produces some really negative energy mm-hmm. you know so now you are moving into depression which I did yeah. you know and you feel like as nobody understands this nobody understands what I'm going through yeah. but you have to be able to put it in words mm-hmm. you know and, and you have to be upfront with saying I really feel awful today I feel terrible you know and can you help me can I talk with you uh, for a moment and finding that right person because it's not everyone that you can talk to Mm -hmm. Um, so finding that support system finding that person finding that service you know that can help I I agree I agree with you and that really links back to the first point you made, which was the, the spirit of audacity, having that braveness and that courage mm. and fight with perseverance because it can feel hard to ask for help sometimes, can't it? Especially yeah. when you're in, you know, you're in that particular space. So I think having adopting that spirit of audacity and that braveness to ask for help because it's absolutely okay to ask for yeah. help. But sometimes yeah. it does feel like a, a big move. But I think we should yeah. really advocate this that yeah. let's do it let's be brave let's be courageous and again yeah. that's a choice that we can make to to just reach out and I think it's taking small step after small step it's not it's not trying to go from being where we potentially may feel yes. uh to just yeah. everything be okay again um it's a gradual thing it's a building process isn't it Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and if like the example of the mountain I gave if you were stepping up a mountain you wouldn't climb it all in one go would you no take it you would prepare yourself you would get the tackle the gear mm. and then you take one step as a ta- at a time and as you take steps then you get to your destination and the important point in that is that you never give up you never turn back because mm. you get to a certain point and I know that in my studies when I for example when I was doing my PhD <clears throat> I got to a point where I was actually fatigued Mm. I wanted to give up but I said I've come too far I can't give up and it was that kind of spirit that pushed me on time after time after time you know to go that second mile to do the best I could yeah that's what did it it's the fighting spirit 
Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Because we all get to that place sometimes of whether it's discouragement, fatigue, like that, that, you know, you just need that little push. And it's almost like it's okay to have a little mini rest. Yes. And then we keep climbing. Yes, <laughs> take that little one, take that little one. <laughs> absolutely. And I made a note, um, Linda, in during your talk, um, something you said and you just mentioned, touched on it was resilience gives us that fighting spirit. Yeah. And it really does, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that is that is the essence, I think, of resilience, really. Mm. It's the will, it's the power to fight back against, you know, those vicissitudes of life, the things that are happening to you that you don't understand. But nevertheless, you fight. You fight with all your might and with all your power, everything that is, is within you. Mm. Um, you fight, you know, because it's something, it's a goal that you want to achieve. It's, you know, something that you want to to come to pass yeah and if you don't fight for it you will never achieve it you yes. know because it does not come easy no and that's the thing. I think there are a lot of people in this world who think that they you know that things that they want will come easy and it's just not true no it requires work doesn't it internal it work a lot of hard work a lot of internal work absolutely yeah. Yeah. you you yeah. also mentioned earlier linda about having an i can attitude again this is something that charlotte and i really really stand for um yeah. in all the work that we do um because it's just such a powerful yes. phrase to, you know self-talk i can i can and that, yeah. that inner belief if one of our listeners um is wondering at the moment like how can they step into building this resilience I've, obviously you've mentioned these three ways that they can do that but if they want to also um, adopt and create an I can attitude is there any kind of starting place or tip or advice anything mm. you give them that they could think just if they're thinking maybe that feels quite hard right now um yeah. what how could they just kind of get off the blocks with with creating an I can attitude the first thing you do is you think about what you have achieved before. From the time we are born, when we come out of the womb, we start to breathe for ourselves. I can do that. I don't mm. need my mom now to, to give me that, you know, that source of energy. I can breathe for myself. So I always go back to what I have done in the past. And when I see that I've achieved something, I then say, I can do this because I've done that. You see, and that I think that's a very important way to think and to keep building on what you have done before, because that then breeds a sense of, yeah, I can do it because I've done it before. What's to stop me? And the other thing about I can is that if someone else has done it, so can I. Yes, I can do that because I've then done it. So how come they did it? What is, what is it that they need? Maybe you don't do it in exactly the same way, but you can do it and you can do it in your own style and your way. So you see, I, I think that's a very strong tip I would give to people. Just, just look at what you've achieved from the time you were born, how you took steps. Yes. And where you moved to. It's very powerful. I love that. Because I also, I, I often, when before I started kind of tapping into self-development and doing some of the inner work, mm. I'd always focus on the times that I'd fallen down instead of the times <laughs> that I got back up. And like, it's like, why did I do that? Like I got back up yeah. this many times. Like, yeah, I yeah. may have fallen a few times, but I always got back up. And exactly. yeah. yeah. But 
Also, another tip is not to focus on what other people say about you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Too often, we give people a lot of credit, you know, because they say you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't be a manager. You can't be a leader. You can't be a pianist. You can't be anything. You know, you can't be a good Mm. parent, you know. But what is the best you can do? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then you focus on the best you can do. Yes. Now doing it in your own power, in your own strength, and not because someone else has said you can do this or you can't do this. Mm. You're building your self-confidence. A lot of that is about how we build self-confidence, self-efficacy, mm. and belief in ourselves and the capabilities, the potential that we have. Always see the potential always Mm -hmm. see potential for you and for your children you know that's what I did I saw the potential and I built on it yeah and and that turned it around uh, you know and I think turning turning our lives around turning the situation a negative situation around into a positive situation is what also does it yeah. amazing and it, and once we've done that as well it's taking that moment to be so proud of ourselves which is so yeah. important isn't it recognizing that we've turned a negative situation into something positive that we've yeah. grown through it that we've built the resilience yeah. and be so so proud of that and it just fills me with so much excite excitement on the I can attitude because like you say Linda we are full of so much potential we've just got to unlock it and the person that holds the key is ourselves <laughs> it's just yes, it's just finding yes, that key and unlocking yes. it and letting it out through exactly what you've just said building the resilience looking at all the things that we have done and stepping into that evidence and that conviction we learn to walk we learn to breathe we learn to read we learn to write mm-hmm. there's so much evidence for the things that we can do and then, like you said, success leaves clues. If somebody else has done it, then we can do it too. Yes, we can do it in our own way. If yeah. we've got the the want and the willingness mm-hmm. to learn, to get curious, to discover, mm-hmm. and to go do the things, then we too can. Um, and it just, yeah, I just it fills me with so much excitement. It really does. Um, because it, it's hope as well. It's hope in in tough times um, yeah. that it will all pass. Yes. And and we can really rebuild, um, reframe mm-hmm. and shift our perspectives. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Oh. I'd yeah. love to hear more about the book as well. So you said that you wrote that through lockdown. Yes, yes. I started it just before lockdown. I, it, it was a, it was something I wanted to write for many, many years, but the pain mm-hmm. actually stopped me from writing it because every time I took up you know sort of pen and paper to write I you know I I just couldn't do it but yeah I went to I was asked to speak at a police conference um to you know sort of to talk about my journey Mm -hmm. and I went to a valise or what I call my Pandora's box and my Pandora's box when I opened it it was you know Pandora's box brings out a lot of fumes doesn't it yeah all of this came and I saw all of this stuff in the box and I thought oh my goodness this is terrible but this is something I need to do mm-hmm. and I need to do it as a legacy for my son because mm-hmm. I hadn't really 
shared a lot of it with him. He knew that his dad had died and all of this, but I, mm. I hadn't gone into all of the details. And I thought, well, at least if I put it down in a book, he can read it. Mm -hmm. So I started to, to write the story and, um, <clears throat> you know, as I say, it was really difficult to write it. But when I actually wrote it and I, the very first person I asked to read it for me said, oh, my goodness, Linda, she said, this is so inspiring. You've got to get it published, you know, mm -hmm. and that was where the journey began. Wow. You know? So then I started, I be became really serious about writing it. I wrote it and. I was interviewed on Barbados television. I've been interviewed by a lot of people mm. and to come and talk about it, you know, because the, the, the story has lots of different perspectives. This time I've spoken about resilience. Mm. Other times I've spoken about death, bereavement, loss. Mm -hmm. Other times I've talked about my um, shared experience of my professional journey Mm. and the issues that I face being a manager and so on and you know there are lots of different twists and turns in the book so people get very interesting interested in it but what actually catches their attention is how I reflect on my experience it's almost a cross between um, a study book and a memoir Wow. So once I'm telling my story, my life, I'm re I'm reflecting all the time on it. I'm saying, and I'm giving advice, and I'm giving tips. Yeah, and people wow. absolutely love that about what, the book. The reflection's so important, isn't it? Because yeah. I think sometimes I think there's probably a book in most of us, right? Like when yeah. you actually, and it's such a because um, I'm currently writing one, so I'm very interested, and I just find that incredible to know that you just yeah. you know you get to that point, and you're like just just do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, reflecting on those journeys and reflecting on those things that we've been through in this new light as this new person that's been and got through it, we can really see those choices that we've made, can't we? Yes, and almost yes, yes. carry those forward. Whereas if we don't kind of almost like what you were saying before, take that moment to look back, yes. we don't really appreciate where we've been, where we've grown, where the, those choices we've made, like yes. kind of the person that we've created through all of these things. Yes and um yeah I think that's incredible yeah. that you've just gone for it and got all of that into into your book and like you say open that Pandora's box because that's not easy is it and it's not yeah, yeah. what a wonderful and that made me realize how what a strong person and resilient person I am because mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day if I wasn't I wouldn't have written it you know I would have mm -hmm. held on to those feelings and yeah probably yeah. died with them yeah yeah you wow. know but I, again, choice. Yes. Choice. Choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for putting it out into the world, Linda. So, it, again, guys, it's called Hard Truth Growing Out of Adversity by Dr. Linda Ince Greenaway. Um, and it's available to purchase direct on Amazon. So, it sounds like an absolutely incredible story that will help yeah. many people in many different ways, yeah. um, which is really, really exciting. So, I can't wait to read it. I'm going to yes. get that one and get that one read for sure. Absolutely. I'm actually on the lookout for a new book. So, there we go. There we go. There we go. We'll pop the links in the show notes as well, guys, so you can see where to purchase it from there. So, it's been 
incredible to talk to you, um, Linda, regarding resilience and those three points that you made for building. So the spirit or audacity, stepping up to the plate and reclaiming and reframing and also the golden nuggets then on um, creating the I can attitude as well has been so much value. So we do love to round off our podcast episodes with a question for our guest. So um, we put you on the spot here, Linda. So the question that we love to ask is what's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Ooh. My younger self, that is yeah. a hard one. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I, yeah, if I went back to my younger self, I think the question I would ask is, do you think that you can make it? Do you think that you can make it? Because I do yeah. believe it is the way we think that actually changes you know, the processes that we go through. Mm. So do you think, Linda that you can make it and I would want the answer to be yes you can yes yes you can all you need to do is to have that faith and belief in yourself a hundred percent oh what a fabulous question I love that like question yeah it just needs that yeah that is just so important and I think it is it's our thoughts isn't it that's so key um amazing love that wow it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Linda. It really, yeah. really has. Um, and guys, we'll pop all of Linda's details into the show notes so you can see where to get the book from, how to work with Linda um, and all of her LinkedIn and social pages as well. So wishing you a wonderful day, Linda. And I know we will stay in touch. Yeah. Um, we absolutely will. It's been a real pleasure and a real honour. And we look forward to um, speaking with you again soon. And for our listeners, we are here for you always. If you want to reach out, if anything's touched you in this this episode, please do share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can DM us or you can reach out to us on our email, hello at theauthenticgirlsclub.com. And just wishing you all a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. <laughs> um, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you, Linda. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank Take you care. so much. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired to take a step forward today. And remember, be so proud of yourself when you do. We would love to hear your thoughts on the show, so please do take a moment to leave us a review and make sure you hit follow to never miss an episode. If you are ready to take this to the next level and be surrounded by women who have also chosen to lift the lid on their lives and see all that's so possible, then head over to www.theauthenticgirlsclub.com and join us today. We are the self-development community for women to transform and create a life they love now. And we cannot wait to welcome you. Sending our love today and always. Cat and Charlotte.